Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you've had a wonderful week so far. We have got a good one for you today. You're going to probably hear a little passion um, coming from both of us. I got Gray with me. Gray, how you doing? I'm good. Good. Good to be here. I'm glad to have Gray doing another episode with me. Um, or this might be the first episode y'all have heard in a while from him. Uh, we just recorded another one. I don't know which one I'm going to release first. I think this one might be the first one I released just because I think it's so important. Um, we're going to talk about bully behavior today. Um, but I want to um, clear it up. We're not talking bully behavior from your dog. We'll touch on what some old school thoughts are, but we're going to talk about bully behavior from the human, a human bully. I know Gray's got a lot to say about this. We, we may be throwing a few people under the bus. Sorry, dad. Sorry, dad. Not my dad. Um, but it's really, I think this is something that is not discussed and talked about as much or put in this, in these terms. I think when people say, Okay, you're using harsh methods. You're using aversive techniques. Um, yes, those would be considered bully behaviors. But I think that we're missing out on a lot of times people are bullying their dog. And, and it's really inappropriate. Um, so I think to start out, um, I'm actually even, I wrote some things down, which is unusual for me. Um, but I want to make sure I'm very clear in what I'm saying here. Um, I want to first give you the definition of bully behavior. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, if I can even read my handwriting, abuse and mistreatment of someone vulnerable by someone stronger, more powerful. So if you human next to a dog, 
right? If we are mistreating them, right? So many times people say, oh, you know, I just saw this guy. He kicked a dog. That was abuse and mistreatment. Yeah, it was. But guess what? So is uh, choking a dog using their choke chain. Right? They're not different levels of abuse before it makes it into abuse. Right. Bully behavior is bully behavior. Um, now, they did break it down on, I did do, um, kind of break it down. So the verb of bully, um, seek to harm, intimidate, of course. Intimidate. Intimidate, right? Or coerce. How many times do you see people uh, choking their dog till they sit? Or pushing their butt on the floor to get them to sit? Or standing on the leash to get them to lay down? Every group class we have. Right. We, set, we catch people like that. and like I'm like, stop. Um, a noun. So now we'll see. A noun is a person who habitually seeks to harm or intimidate those whom they perceive as vulnerable. So if someone believes that they are above their dog and they are, what's the word you use, Gray? Oh, dominant. Or alpha. Oh, alpha. Right? Yeah, yeah. You used alpha. Yeah. So if we see dogs um, or if we see people who think they have to be alpha over their dogs, they're already in a bully mentality. Yeah. Oh, I'm just being dominant. I'm just showing them who's boss. Yeah. Really? Does your boss do that to you? I do, quit. Do I, do I come and, and choke you to say I'm in charge? I don't, do I? I don't come and kick you in the nuts no, and say I am in charge. You don't need to. I don't need to. No. <laughs> right? So it's really, it's amazing to me where I think that people feel like it's okay to be a bully. Um, I, I, I'm so torn in this, this whole, I'm going to do my best to try to stay on track because I get very passionate and upset about this. Um, Let's jump to, there was an article that came out yeah, in um, the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. and it was from uh, one of the assistant editors of the opinion column or something, somebody who didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And yes, there's going to be some words in this one. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> the article was, I'm not torturing my dog, I'm disciplining him. Okay. If you've not read the article, it's infuriating, but... I read it last week, and I immediately sent a letter to the editor, um, which a lot of colleagues did, because now it's all talking on the, the pages, Facebook pages I'm on. Gray came to me last night. Gray, just let's talk about how your dog, your dog, your dad <laughs> sent you this article and, and what his thought process was about this article. Now, we hadn't even really talked about the article, but I think if you can understand, basically, let me just give you a summarize. Summarize, this guy uh, was basically, um, was having problems with his dog, and instead of actually doing training and teaching the dog, he went to aversives with prong collars, uh, shock collars, and now he is much less stressed, and the dog is better, and look, he got it done all very quickly. Okay, now, we'll come back to it, right? I'm glad you're less stressed. I'm so glad that you're less stressed, Mr. Man. Okay, so... Let's let's have some of your feelings out because I will take over and I'll just sit here and yell the entire episode. Yeah, so I, I was on the way to on the way to fish um, with my dad, so I was actually in the car with my dad, and he sent it to me. Oh. I said, "Hey, read this article." Um, his point was, you know, if, if you know this guy got this dog to do this, you know, to whatever the heck the guy was training him to do, I think walking a leash or something. I, I can't. The remember. dog was barking when he wasn't home. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And he's and, like, I got, I, you know, I can get this dog to do this in, in like a third of the time that positive reinforcement would take. Because positive reinforcement takes, you know, six months to get results and blah, blah, blah. And my dad was just going on about how, you know, how it's more efficient. And the more efficient you get, the more money you can make and blah, blah. And, you know, 
I did start raising my voice a little bit. There <laughs> might, might have been some yelling there. The we passion. Had, we kind of had to change subjects very quickly after that because it, I got a little upset about it. Um, but, you know, his point was more of getting to, to the end goal much faster, you know, and, and, and how that's you know, how that's really, really important for some reason. And I mean, I get it. it you know, you want to, everyone wants to get to where they want to go fast, but it's the way you get there that makes a huge difference. Well, the also, methods. yeah, I also think though that, that when you get to the end goal and let's say the end goal is to have your dog walk off leash in distracting areas and that's the end goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it important at all to have, I'm trying to find the right words for this, to understand what the motivation is behind the dog choosing to do the behavior? Yeah. Do we take that in consideration? I know I do. That's the biggest consideration, right? I think. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I can get this dog to walk off leash. Okay. Number one, if he's wearing a shock collar, he's not walking off leash. It's just an invisible leash. Uh, just so you guys know. Don't get impressed by people that walk their dogs, um, air quotes, off leash when they're wearing a shock collar. That's not off leash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that is still control with an invisible leash and with something a lot still more got harmful. Something in your hand. You still got something <laughs> in your hand, right? Um, if my dog is walking off leash with me, wearing a shock collar, not running away from me, is motivated from the fear of the shock versus my dog is not running away from me because I've set the expectations and I've made my dog realize that it's more rewarding to hang with me in a relationship and not a dictatorship. Because I promise you, if you take that shot collar off, that dog is gone. He's going to give you the finger, and you probably won't see him again. Now, if your dog's so well trained, why are you still using the collar? Exactly. Right? So, when people... I think that one of the biggest problems with this article... This guy had an Irish setter. It exists. I know. I, I, I'm, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, that it exists. That they, they printed it, which was just really pissed me off. This guy complained because... He has an Irish setter. The dog barks during the day, and they got complaints by their neighbors. And the dog was pulling him everywhere. So instead of doing training for the walking, or instead of understanding why his Irish setter, which is also a gun dog, hunting dog, okay, is barking in the home with neighbors. So that means you're either in a condo, you're in an apartment somewhere fairly small, maybe not a backyard because your neighbors are complaining and your neighbors complaining is stressing you out. Hmm. Where do we think the dog is feeling? You think the dog is like, you know, I really want to piss Bob off today. I'm going to bark my head off and I'm going to piss Bob off. So then Bob comes home. Bob's like, I'm pissed off. You know what? I'm going to put shot color on you and whew, you're not barking. Boy, my stress feels better. Who gives a shit how the dog feels? As long as your stress is lower, Bob, good job. So what I'm hearing is, is that it's okay to abuse someone else or something else, some organism. It's okay to abuse that animal or human to make yourself feel better or to make your life better. But we're the dominant species, though. Oh, yeah. We're so damn dominant. We're idiots, y'all. I'm just saying it right out. We're idiots. We are not the smartest species. The smartest species avoid conflict at all costs. The smartest species work together to create harmony for survival. What we do is we just say it's my way or the highway. There's no harmony in working. 
dog, I don't want you barking, so here's a shock collar. I don't give a shit why you're barking. I'm sorry that I've, I've bought you and I didn't research to know what you were or research to know what you needed as far as enrichment or research the best training techniques, you know, the scientifically based training techniques. You know, I didn't do all that, but now I'm just stressed out for this damn dog that I brought into my home and by God, I'm going to release my stress. I'm putting a shock collar. And you know what? Look, I am so stress-free. My dog never barks. It's amazing. My God. Oh, good. Good job, man. Okay. She, she's heated today. I am. I, that was all facetious. And that's, all. that's exactly how it was when I read when my dad sent me that article. It's infuriating because I've spent 25 years in this business. And when I started out, it was nothing but aversive techniques. It was nothing but being a bully to dogs. It was nothing but showing them who the boss that's was. That's the way right? I was taught. And it, it's horrible. And it I did me, it. Yeah. yeah, I did it for a year. And I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I love dogs. Why would I treat something that I love in that way? Right? So I, ch- I either quit or I was going to change. I broke down in tears. I, my friend, you know, I, I did that for, you know, a little bit. And I started doing it with my dog. And, you know, <laughs> it, I, I broke down. And, yeah, it, no. It, 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 ruins, it, does, it, it takes away the relationship. I was about to say that. It ruins the relationship. It absolutely does. Imagine bullying your partner. No. All right, imagine if I came home and I said, Britt, look, I am tired of you doing X, Y, and Z. And if you don't stop doing X, Y, and Z, I'm going to start doing A, B, and C. And I'm just going to match that above. Is And then she stops. Did I really get her to stop in a relationship because we're in a relationship and there's respect there? Yeah. Or did I just threaten her? She, she might stop out of fear or she might just hide it from you. Yeah. Hiding is the big thing. Yeah. Right. And which I think this is why we get into a lot of problems with humans. God, maybe we should have Shelly on this with us to talk some <laughs> human psychology with this. Um, I think that bullying is, is it's amazing how we're, we're working so hard at educating kids on not being bullies. And so at school, these kids are, are we're, we're trying to teach them to not be bullies to each other. And yet they go home and watch their parents hit the dog, scream at the dog. Um, put a shot call on a dog. Use a choke chain on the dog. What are we're giving mixed signals? It's just what we do, yeah, right? Because we're lazy, <laughs> and it's all about us. If you bring in a dog, you need to make sure that it's just like adopting a child. You are adopting something to come into your home to live with you, to have a relationship with you. You got to meet that dog's needs. Uh, and find ways to compromise. You wouldn't take a child and go, look, I'm going to adopt you, right? And I'm going to love you my way. But so help me God, if you cry, I'm going to lock you in the closet and duct tape your mouth. It's absurd, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sorry, my three-year-old, that you hate Santa. Stop your damn crying. Sit on his damn lap because I need a picture. <laughs> that, was, that was me. I was the kid crying. Did they make you sit on his lap? Yeah. Wow. See? Bully behavior. And I, and I tell you what a lot of times parents will do is they, they do the, well, just sit there and you'll realize it's okay. You'll desensitize to it. No, there's a point where that flooding shuts everything down and it's, a, it's now a real fear phobia. It's not like, okay, I'm a little scared, but I'm going to go on the, on the uh, roller coaster because I think I'll be okay. Maybe, but if you get in that roller coaster and you sit down and you start screaming, 
I hope to God somebody would get you off of there and not let you just ride the roller coaster. Because at that point, you're already in a place to where there, you can't accept anything positive from it. So if I have a dog who is getting shocked for doing natural dog behavior, like barking, right. yeah, I've already shut them down to learning anything positive for the fear of something going worse or, or more painful or, you know, it's, it's not just, it's not just physical pain, y'all. It's emotional pain. It's emotional. Dogs have feelings. They have emotions. They have thoughts. They have brains. They're super smart. And when we treat them this way, we make them afraid. And you think, oh, he doesn't do this anymore. Why does he not do it? Is it because you've suppressed the behavior because he's too scared to do it? Or did you really fix it? It's, ooh. we've, I've worked, we've worked tirelessly, uh, colleagues of mine, I mean, that have done positive reinforcement, we've worked tirelessly to get rid of aversive techniques, to get rid of um, old school, very harmful training techniques. Um, I don't give a shit what kind of dog you train. I don't give a shit what you train them for. There is no reason Less than 1%, I would say, that there would be a reason to use an aversive technique. Less than 1%. I don't care what you're training a dog for. I don't care the breed. I don't care the arousal. You know, I challenge you, actually. <laughs> People are like, oh, have you trained Malinois, though? Right. You guys, I mean, when you train Malinois. We train police dogs or hunting dogs. You train, you, big you, one I hear. You train police dogs. Yeah. You've got to use those aversive techniques. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. I want you to take your aversive technique, and I want you to go down to the zoo and I want you to get a tiger, and I want you to uh, train the tiger the same way. Yep, that's exactly what it would sound like. <laughs> right? Because they're like, what? Because that tiger would eat your ass. Do you know why tigers have turned on past trainers? Because they get to the point where they get tired of being bullied, and they fight back. So when a tiger loses his shit and eats the leg off of his trainer, guess why? Because you always get tired of being bullied. If positive techniques do not work with everything, then we wouldn't be able to train whales, dolphins, sharks, elephants, tigers, lions. They literally will train a lion to put his leg through a hole to get blood drawn without the use of aversive techniques. And you're telling me you can't train a Malinois to do apprehension if you're doing a police dog without using aversive technique. Well, let me just say this. This was um, something, I can't remember who said this, but I was listening to one of, another trainer, um, a colleague, and I loved, and I can't remember who said it, and I wish I'd written it down, but I think this is priceless. And Majority of my people that are listening to this, this probably does not affect you at all. But I hope that you'll pass this around to have people that think that their shock collars and prong collars or their aversive training techniques are the way to go, that they hear this and try to be a little open-minded. But I really thought this was a really good quote. She said, if a dog trainer relies on aversives, they are either unaware of or ignoring the most recent advances in behavioral science and are possibly too impatient to take advantage of more effective and humane training methods and tools. So if your trainer is still using aversive methods, they're not real good at their job or they don't care to be good at their job or they really get off on being a bully. 
And I do see a lot of trainers that come out of like military that think that's the way they have to be. I single-handedly made my policy fear aggressive because of a prong collar, because of the way I used to treat them. Yeah. Before I knew anything. That's the way I was taught. That, you know, when your dog lunges and pulls or does whatever, does something wrong, you yell at them, tell them no, and you jerk them with that prong collar. That's the way I was taught. Yeah. I single-handedly made my dog think that when other dogs come around, I'm going to hurt him. Yep. Which caused him to, what do you think? Freak out more. Yep. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> Your dog is never going to try to dominate you because it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, I hear that a lot. Yeah. It, to me, dominance is more about dominant behavior or dominant, to me, dominant temperament. is is more like someone who has good leadership skills that have no problem getting up in front. I would, I am a dominant personality. I can take over if I need to. Sometimes I don't want to. And then, you know, but it doesn't mean I have to walk into a room and make everybody aware that I have a dominant personality, right? I don't walk in. I'm in charge, right? Yeah. Right? right. I'm in charge. I know what I'm doing. You're all stupid. I'm in charge. I will kick you in the balls if you don't know that, right? No, I just walk in and here's what I have to offer. And if somebody has something more to offer, great. I don't have to do all the work. Your dogs are not trying to dominate you. Um, I saw an old article the other day, and I'm really hoping it was really, really old, but I'm afraid it wasn't, that of recognizing dominant behavior in dogs. Uh, and they wrote that they believe that this is when dogs believe they are above humans. I don't know about y'all, but dogs know they're damn dogs. Yeah, I think they're in their place. They're not, they know they're not damn humans. I mean, let's be real. Come on. We're smarter than that, I think. Some of the things that they I, I was floored. Stubborn. Stubbornness is a dominant behavior in dogs. <laughs> hmm. I see it as tenacity, as this is a hard thing you're trying to teach me, but I'm not giving up. If we didn't have stubborn dogs or, or dogs uh, with tenacity, we wouldn't have the service dogs and working dogs that we have today. Because they'd give up when it got too hard. Um, begging. That's my favorite. Begging. When your dog begs for food from the table, he's trying to dominate you. No, asshole. He has... His nose is so powerful. I read this article too. I know what you're talking Did about. Did you read this article? Yeah, I I don't think it's that old. Oh my God. I just want to scream. I want to be like, get out of this business, please. <laughs> go clean toilets. Okay. Because right now you're spewing shit. Go clean shit. Y'all, this, I'm going to have to put so many, I'm going to put so many things on this, <laughs> on this episode. So many warnings on this episode. Um, nudging for pets. Try to dominate you. Yeah. Demanding. Demanding. Yeah. So demanding. Yeah. Hmm. He's demanding attention from me. Yeah. Maybe he's just asking that he would like to have some attention from you because you've not been paying a lot of attention to him or the attention you have been given is kind of negative. So that means your kid's dominating you every time they're pulling your shirt, trying right. to your attention? Right. The, the kid's dominating you. Yeah. They're trying okay. to dominate you. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. They're trying to take over the okay. world. Yes. That makes, that makes sense. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, oh, wait. Likes to sleep on top of humans. That would mean every infant newborn is trying to dominate their parent. So you're saying I shouldn't get on top of my dog and make them submit to me? Yeah, you probably, yeah. No, no, you probably shouldn't. No. Um, And if your dog wants to sleep on top of you, it's probably because it's comfortable, it's safe, it's secure. 
My cats, when cats sleep on you, that means they trust you. The cat's not trying to dominate you. Neither is a dog. Damn, these are dumb. Neither is a dog. <laughs> Seriously. Um, oh, wait, I'm not even done, right? Um, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> Carrying themselves with a proud gait and their head held up high. The fuck does that mean? Right? You mean a dog who is, I don't know, confident? And happy and outgoing. So if a dog is walking with a head held high and a proud gait, they're trying to dominate you. And you should take them down a few notches. No, they're manspreading. Did you say manspreading? Yeah. <laughs> they're manspreading. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, y'all, this is some of the dumbest shit. I really hope whoever wrote this article is no longer in this business. <laughs> um, oh, when they have separation anxiety, they're trying to dominate you. They're trying to control Man, you. you to stay home, yeah, you right? gotta stay home. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, this all kind of sounds really stupid, doesn't it? Sitting in high places is a good one, too. Um, this is so stupid. Okay. So, then the, the another part of the article says, this is how you dominate your dog. Right. Okay. Right. I remember one, that part. You should be able to take food away from them. Yeah. Okay. I agree that you should be able to take things from your dogs that, that is unsafe. I do not agree that we bother dogs while they're eating, stick our hands in their bowls, uh, jerk things away from them and take things away. That's just asshole bully behavior. That's hmm. how you create food aggression. That is how you create you food aggression, right? take my food away, right? I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, kids at school, eating his lunch, bully comes over, says, I'm going to take your apple. I'm taking yeah. your apple nice and I'm taking your chocolate there. milk. Yep, yeah. thank you, and walks away with it. Hmm, I'm guessing some parents are calling the school at that point because their kid just got bullied. Well, guess what? If you do that to your dog, you're bullying your dog. I want you guys to understand that this bully behavior is happening and you don't even realize it. Um, go through doors first, which is so stupid. Like, dogs know that going through doors first makes somebody in charge. They don't know. They don't care. Oh, this, this stuff tries I should be drinking, y'all. I'm not even <laughs> drinking yet. Oh, not walking in front of you. They're not allowed to walk in front of you. So, that means that every sled dog was dominant over their musher. Yeah. Because they were in front. Must have been. Yeah. Even though those sled dogs saved people's lives by taking medicine, they were totally dominant over the musher. They weren't working together as a team at all. No. Right? No. Mm -mm. No, just dominating. Yeah, just dominating. Okay. So, let's see. That Does that not all sound really stupid to y'all? Yeah. I hope so, because it sounds absolutely ooh to me. When we are talking about um, bully behavior, it does come back to... Aversive techniques. Um, and the aversive techniques are more than just using a shock collar. And I know so many people are like, I use an e-collar. It just up, beeps. Yeah, I just pick up this water bottle. And I, I don't have to I spray, don't spray I just pick it up. Yeah, guess what? Bully behavior. It's like my parents pulling the belt out and just holding it in front of me. Bingo. When, uh, when you heard that belt come out of those loops... When I hear that closet door open. Yeah, you didn't even... Like, <laughs> I know the sound I, of that door. That's it, right? I don't even need to get whooped. Because <laughs> I already am getting... I'm already getting freaked out. Yeah. Right? It, people think... Okay, so here's another one. Right? So that was also something I found. that Using just the threat, like the beep, can create fear, anxiety, and stress. Also, imagine the same sound coming from the microwave. Or your watch. And right. watch your dog's behavior. Or a gun cock. Or a gun cock, right? I have literally had dogs where they've been either trained by a shot collar and the microwave goes off or my 
occasionally my watch will beep, but just one beep. I have literally had dogs get up and run out of the room with one beep, not even wearing the collar. So if y'all don't think it's affecting your dog, and you'll probably find a lot with people that are using invisible collars, I mean invisible fences, those beeps, your dog is going to feel stressed when they hear those beeps in the house. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Right? A lot of people don't think about it's it. It's very similar. It's all about saying this beep means there is a potential shock coming, which is just as bad as the shock. I remember one time growing up, we had gone down, my dad and I um, and some of my family had gone down to visit some family. And while we were there, it was a hot summer day. My um, my great aunt had her, um, her uh, grass being watered, and I spent the entire time running through the water getting soaking wet. My dad was pissed. Pissed. I don't really know why he was so pissed. Uh, but he was pissed that I was like all wet and just like all that, right? So basically, um, he said, when you get home, you're getting whipping. And maybe it's because he told me to stay out of the water and I didn't. I don't remember that part. But I promise you I can remember that 20-minute ride home was terrifying for me. The anxiety that was created in that 20 minutes was worse than the spanking that I would have received. I didn't get a whipping when I got home. But just the threat created more anxiety in me than him actually coming over, spanking me twice, and walking away. Right. So when we think that just using a beep... Or you just holding up the water bottle or carrying the remote control to the shock collar. That that's not being a bully and creating anxiety and fearing your dogs. Then I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain it to get people to understand. And especially when I watch people, you know, we've had clients in the past that have done positive reinforcement training and see how well it works. Because that impatience, they send the dog off to get a shock collar. And then not only that, they start, Then now they put a shock collar on the dog who has behavior issues and fear and anxiety. Yeah. And because the dog is so much better, in other words, suppressed and not able to exhibit those emotions, which means that stress is going to create physical issues and the dog is probably going to die an early death. Right. Um, and then they go, oh, no, you have to go to this trainer. And now telling other people, go to these trainers that use these shock collars because... You get the results like your dad's saying. You get them so much faster. I just think people need to find the difference between consequences and, I guess, bullying, bully behavior. I yeah. guess, you know, punishing. Yes, consequences are there, right? Yeah. Uh, consequences can be good. They can be bad. But a consequence should never be physically or emotionally harming or painful. So, you know, a consequence of jumping on me is I just take my attention away. That's not physically harming. Dog jumps on me, I knee them in the chest. That's physically harming. I mean, so, yeah, consequences are not about causing um, pain. It's just about knowing what the consequence is in that moment. Right? Um, if my dog is barking in the car, the consequence is you're not getting out of the car to go see what you're barking at. If you're excited at the dog park and you're barking in the car, I'm not letting you out. There's the consequence. People just get stuck on. I mean, you know, it works. It works for a reason. It's just you, you, you know, you have the choice to figure out what that reason is. Yes, yeah. all starts with your choice. You know, you just don't want to punish the choices they're making with something that's harsh or scary. Because if that's the case, well, 
they're going to avoid you. They're going to avoid doing it. I mean, yeah. when I got yelled at or hit with the belt for doing stuff wrong, I, I didn't stop doing it. I just... Make got, sure you didn't do it in front of I them. I got a little smarter with it. I got a little smarter with right? how I got away with it. Yeah. Um, it's just like if a dog is, is, is getting pushed, punished harshly for chewing on a pillow, they're not learning to not chew on the pillow. They're just learning to not chew on the pillow in front of you. Yeah. Right? Um, let's, some of the things that we would consider kind of aversive methods... Um, Towel bopping. This is a new one that's going around TikTok, and um, certain trainers are, are using this, where they will use a towel to throw at the dog, uh, um, a rolled-up yeah. towel. Y'all, that's ridiculous. Um, I've seen that. I didn't know that's the Towel bopping, called, I'm guessing, is okay. what it's called. I think it, yeah. it's called stupid is what it's called. It's <laughs> called bully behavior. Um, another one would be um, leash popping, choking yeah. a dog. Yeah. Um, I've literally seen videos of trainers hanging a dog up by the collar with only their back feet on the ground. And if you don't see that as abuse, then you don't need a dog. You don't need to be in charge of another living organism at all. If you don't see that as abuse, um, holding dogs mouth closed. That is a bullet. Making them bite their, uh, making them bite their their upper lip. Yeah. Cause they, cause they bit you. Yes. Fake bites. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Biting your dog. Right. (laughs) And biting your dog. (laughs) Yelling at your dog, alpha rolls, or um, dominant downs, where you're like, you know, making the dog lay down and holding yeah, them down. putting their head down to putting the Putting their head down to yeah. the ground. That's one of the first things I was taught, unfortunately. To do? I mean, I didn't learn it very wow. long, but that's when I was, in, before you came and showed me, that's, you know, you got to make the dog submit to you. You got to make the dog know that you're dominant. Well, you're just making the dog afraid of you. You're Absolutely. The dog, you're just making the dog not want to do anything with you. Right. And if it gets to a point where it can't get away, you're going to get bit. Yeah. And you should. And you wonder why the dog runs to your neighbor and just and it and won't come and doesn't come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If your dog runs from you and doesn't come back, think about it. Um, we actually have, we have some friends that have that to where the dog goes across the street to the neighbor who loves the dog and the owner has a shot collar on this dog and, and she gets pissed because the dog won't come home. No shit. Why would I come home to somebody who's abusing me? Hello. Can we talk about domestic abuse? I'll put a trigger warning on the beginning of this in the show notes. Um, because it, it is the same thing. And you know what another bully behavior is and people don't realize is doing a big stare down and hovering over your dog. Yeah. Using your body to like block and be like, I'm a, I'm a bully. It's all the typical bully behavior. Um, even, I mean, invisible fences obviously are aversive techniques. Aversive techniques do work. The That's problem the problem. Is, is the problem work. is, yeah. problem is it, it works by causing harm, pain, fear, and anxiety to your dog. And um, I don't know about you, but I have dogs because I love them and I want to have a relationship with them. All right? It's just where the... We, you know, everything in our life is instant gratification, instant gratification. So I feel like if people don't see results that second, that day, they don't feel like it works. And I think that's a huge problem if people will just, you know, we have so much information at the palm of our fingers. I feel like if you just did some research on behavior, did some research on just any anything of that matter, you'd find that you're much more successful with that positive reinforcement and not getting them to learn out of fear. Yeah, it is proven. Um Scientifically proven that mm-hmm. the use of aversive techniques will create fallout behavior such as fear, anxiety, phobias, aggression, whether that's fear, aggression, dog aggression, people aggression. Um, you are going to get 
major problems trying to stop a dog from doing something that is simple, easy fix, and natural that they do. So if I'm yeah. trying to pull, you know, stop my dog from pulling by using a shot collar, okay, great. But you're also probably going to create dog aggression, leash aggression, um, and any human aggression, especially children. Um, yeah. So if a dog is pulling towards a child because they are excited and they get a shock, guess what? You just set your dog up for a very high percentage um, chance that they're going to bite a child. That's that's kind of not to that extent. That's, that's kind of the way I've always thought of it. Is yeah, you might be fixing that behavior, the one you're seeing right in front of your face, but you're creating another problem altogether. And it's a, usually a worse problem. Yeah. So many behavior issues that we're dealing with now with our clients, the dogs have been trained using board and train aversive techniques. Um, and now, instead of just dealing with real life manners, we're dealing with serious behavior issues uh, like fear and anxiety. So, you know, and here's another thing when people do their research, the problem is that they put it all over Facebook and they get in these community groups and people are left and right um, saying, go see these trainers that use shock collars, right? Board and train, do this. Our dog is amazing. Is your dog amazing? Is it really amazing? Number one, let me ask you, can you no longer have to use a training tool? If you start to wear a shock collar, your dog's not trained. If you still have to wear a prong collar, your dog's not trained. If you still have to yell and scream at your dog, your dog's not trained. Um, if your dog doesn't really want to spend that much time with you, congratulations, you have not developed a relationship with your dog. I think there's a big difference between, you know, doing the things that you ask for and just doing things because they're expected or doing things because they know that's what kind of works in the house. or that's what, that's what you're expecting. You know, that's what you're asking for. Like, in other words, I don't want to have, sure, if you can ask your dog to sit down, do all these things, that's great and all, but I really want my dog to do them because it, it's rewarding. And then, you know, I want them to kind of. I don't want to have to ask my dog to do every single little thing. I want them right. to just to do them because it earns them certain things or it works. And it's life. It's the it's kind of what we want to set them up for life. It's I, I use the example of when you start out with a child, you have to tell them every damn night to brush their teeth. Okay. If you're still having to tell them to brush their teeth. That's why I tell every, every because you Because you've used fear. Guess what? At 16, they're probably going to have about 28 cavities. Okay. But if we say, here's a reward for brushing your teeth, eventually you'll never have to ask your child to brush their teeth again because they're doing it, one, as a child for the reward of a sticker or a star or an extra piece of candy the next day. But as an adult, the reward changes to, I have healthy teeth. I don't have cavities. I don't have a toothache. I don't, I have good breath. People want to kiss me. You know, I mean, so, but it's the same concept. I don't want to tell my dogs everything. If I teach them correctly, my use of commands are I don't have to use them very often. That's ultimately what I tell every single client. Right? Not to that extent, but pretty much what I tell every single client is that I'm looking for I'm looking for them to do these things automatically. I'm looking for these to kind of be expected from them, but not me having to command them with every little single thing like I Like, how exhausting is that? Yeah, I don't want to come home and command my dogs no. for all the things yeah. they do. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to do that. That is exhausting to me. Um, my dog, I want to set the expectations and teach them that this is what the rules are in this household. These are my expectations. I'm going to teach you about these expectations. Just like my expectation of a child is I expect you to learn how to read. This is how we're going to teach you how to read. Okay. Cause that's something that you're going to need throughout your life. Now I don't have to go command you to read. I don't have to go say, Hey Rose, go read that sign. No Rose, go read that book. Hey Rose, go read the recipe. No Rose just knows if I want to know something, I'm going to go read that because that's what I've been taught. 
Or picking dishes up. Picking dishes up. I tell I mean, you there's every, so many things, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, sure, I can tell you every single night, hey, p- please pick it up. P- pick your room up. Clean your, clean your dirty clothes up. That, that's fine, you know. It's fine and good. You can tell them every single night to do it, but at a certain point, I kind of expect it. But if you don't do it, it doesn't mean I'm not, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to get in your face and right. yell at you all this stuff. Of course, there's consequences, but it doesn't mean that consequence needs to be harsh or scary. Yeah, I think that that was a good example. So if I have to wear... I want the kid to put their dishes away. All right, so there are two ways I can do this. I'm still dealing with that at home. Are you? I can start rewarding for putting the dishes away. Exactly. I, I recognize it. I've, I've told you on a consistent basis, this is what I want. I'm going to start rewarding you for doing it, and that can be reward based on the person. What we're doing right? for our, in our kid is iPad time. iPad time, We right? limit that time. If you don't do what we've asked, which you know you're expected from because we've established that, right. you might lose that privilege. Right. So we say... Here's what happens if you do this. Now, let's imagine taking that same child and saying, okay, um, you didn't put your dishes away, so I'm going to shock you until you put your dishes away. Sure, she would do it every night. Oh, absolutely. She would put she it away would. every night. Oh, but my relationship with each other, she wouldn't tell me She wouldn't tell me stuff she did with her friends. She nope. wouldn't tell me things that I... Zero relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to guess that at some point she's going to say, you know what? I'm not hungry yeah. because she doesn't want a plate because for the fear of what's going to happen after she gets done eating. People, it, it, dogs are the equivalent of three to four-year-old human children. So every time you think about using a training technique on your dog, think about if you would use it for a three or four-year-old. If your three-year-old wanted to run across the street to play with the neighbor's dog, would you shock the, shock the kid for doing that? Or would you set your, do, uh, your child up for success by putting them maybe, and I see kids on leashes, and I think it's brilliant, would you... Not be out there constantly with your dog, I mean, with your child, supervising, holding their hand, trying to explain to them why we don't do this. Or would you just put a shock collar on them? Because guess what? That is the same concept of what the so-called trainers are doing with these dogs. Yeah. And and forget the shock collar. Forget the prong collar for a second. If you're constantly saying, no, uh uh-uh, you know, using those Oh, my God. Well, you know, let's say you're going back to the example of a dog getting hit by a car. If you're constantly using those diverse, you know, out of those sounds, your dog's gonna probably ignore you. Ignore it. Absolutely. But if you rarely ever use those techniques, and let's say a car happened to come by and you were to do it to keep your dog safe, it's gonna be a lot more effective. Absolutely. So, like, and I'm gonna back away from the microphone a little bit. So, if I'm just, if I'm constantly going, stop, 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 the dog is not gonna hear me running across the street. But if I never do that and all of a sudden I go, stop! The dog's going to stop in the tracks because they're like, holy shit, what the hell was that, right? So that is another thing. It's Isabella's like, what's happening? Isabella came running here like, who who got in trouble? Um, but it is, it's true. It's, I just want to make sure, oh, I, there are so many other countries that are so advanced than we are. There are countries that have banned the use of, of shock collars, prong collars, choke chains, um, and they have a national certification um, and regulation for our business. We don't have that here. Anyone can call themselves a dog trainer. I beg you guys, and I know that most of my listeners do not need this. This, um, I mean, there may be a few things you are doing that's bullying your dog and you don't even realize it, and I hope that you do and you stop. I think the majority of my listeners don't need to hear this. What I do think, though, is that Every listener has at least one person that needs to hear this. 
and they need to make this go viral because the amount of people right now on TikTok and the amount of so-called trainers on TikTok showing aversive techniques is absolutely undoing everything that we have fought so hard for of changing the relationship with dogs and helping people to understand that these dogs are hum- um, humans. They are um, as equivalent to a three or four year old human child. They can learn up to a thousand words. They have emotions. They have feelings. Um, and that we are, we are not the greater species. We can't avoid conflict to save our lives. All right. These dogs, though, they know how to avoid conflict, which is why the majority of them to produce harmony will just suck it up and take all the bully behavior given because that's the way to produce harmony. And that is not healthy. That dog is going to stay in a constant state of stress because he doesn't know what to expect from you. There's no trust. And if anyone's ever been in an abusive relationship, I personally have been in an abusive relationship. Um, it was not physical. It was emotional. I'd rather have been physical, I think. Um, because I think, to me, I, I personally feel like I would have gotten over that a little bit better than the emotional. It, it's hard. I was in a in a 10-year emotionally abusive relationship, and I, I can't tell you what it did to me. I was not the person that I, that I was supposed to be. Everything that I did was suppressed. My entire behavior was suppressed. The relationship was shitty. Um, I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't want to go do things. I didn't want to try things. I didn't want to, I just didn't even want to be myself. It is a miserable existence. And for us to think that our dogs are less than capable of feeling that, then we're ignorant. But now you've got the education. Now you can't claim ignorance. Okay. So for those that just think that this, this is about you in a relationship that you need to use a shock collar on your dog to release and relieve your stress, then you, my friend, are a bully, and you don't deserve the companionship of a dog. Here, here. And I and I hate to be harsh like that, but I, it's like, I, how many more times? Look, Britt's even sitting over here holding up her beer, and I hadn't even had anything to drink. But that's just how powerful and how passionate I am about people understanding, stop physically abusing and emotionally abusing your dogs, because it's what it is, is abuse. It's abuse. It's abuse. And if you've ever, again, if you've been in a relationship where somebody has been abusive to you, mentally, physically, emotional, whatever, you know that you know the look. That the look that your partner gives you when you know that you're going to get it. They don't even have to say anything. They can just look at you. And you know, I fucked up. I'm going to get yelled at later. You don't think your dog can't pick that up? Live in that constant state of stress? It's hard. It's hard. So, yeah, I just went off on a big tangent right there. I just went on and just ran with it. Stop bullying your dog. Stop being a bully. Don't be a bully. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a bully. Don't be an asshole. Right? There are better ways to teach. It's called creating a relationship. It's understanding where your dog's coming from. Our biggest thing is making sure that we speak for your dog and we help you understand where your dog is coming from. I had a dog that kept biting people. The owner just couldn't get where it was coming from. I explained it 14 times. Coming from fear. It's the worst kind of aggression. It's very unpredictable. Well, guess what? Dog bit again. I don't understand where it's coming from. 
and literally had this person feel the need that when they this dog bit, felt the need to beat the dog to show everyone else that they were taking care of it. What does that say about our mentality when we feel like we have to beat our dog for exhibiting a behavior of showing extreme fear just to prove to everyone around that we're doing something to fix it? Well, dog shouldn't have bit. Dog shouldn't have bit. <laughs> well, you can know now that the dog will never bite again. Yeah. Because the dog has been euthanized. Um, and it's sad because the dog should not have had to be euthanized. So understanding your dog first and foremost and understand that external behavior is coming from um, internal or it's learned behavior to where if you have a dog that's jumping, you don't need a shock collar to fix that. You got a dog that's pulling on a leash, you don't need a, a shock collar to fix that. Right? You just learn yourself. Take some responsibility with the relationship with your dog. This is not a one-sided relationship. Your dog is not put on this earth to make you feel all the feels. It's a 50-50 relationship most of the time. 51% control by the human, but the dog still has 49% responsibility. So there's my tangent. Greg, please jump in and say anything else. Because people are probably tired of hearing me just bitch about the same old things. I don't know how to follow that very well. I don't know how to follow that. You said everything that needs to be said. (sighs) Just, just, I mean, we just need to, we just need to look for the, look for the things you like seeing. It's much easier to focus on what you like seeing instead of giving the dog the one thing you don't like. Because if you... Only focus on the thing, the one thing you don't like your dog doing, that gives your dog a hundred more things to do. A hundred other things they can offer you. We need to just focus on the thing you like seeing and, and that's it. I think you're right. It's changing the mentality of, um, I'm really big on manifesting and laws of attraction of, you know, you look and, and visualize what you want to see. If you start looking for the good behavior, you'll be surprised, guys, how good your dogs are and how we're just taking their natural behaviors and getting them consistently enough to request them by the use of an English word or German for some of you that really like to use the plots, which is horrible. There, nothing sounds happy about that. Um, just know that it's look for the good things. I promise you, your dog is giving you that. And if your dog is getting or doing behavior that drives you crazy, please reach out to a professional and let them help you figure out why. If your dog's biting somebody, there's a reason. Trust me, he's not choosing to be an asshole. However, if you keep using aversive techniques, you're choosing to be an asshole to your dog. I should probably wrap it up right there. Brittany hasn't (laughs) rolled her eyes at me yet. I'm surprised. She's usually all on me at this point about a PR. No, I'm good. She's sitting across the room. She's like, no, she's still upset about that Wall Street Journal. It's horrible. And for any of y'all that have not read it, feel free, read it. And then feel free to send an email. Um, and send a letter to the editor and let them know how disgusted you are with that. Um, because that was basically just saying, hey, I'm too lazy to train my dog and uh, it's getting on my nerves. So I'm just going to use pain to stop the behavior to make me feel better. So that's um, that kind of wraps it up. Britt, you got anything to add? You can come over here and add anything. Got anything to add over here? But you know what? Britt was trained at first when she started training she was using aversive techniques because that's how you were taught. Um, but I can't, and anybody that knows you knows that, and I've already talked about how um, you've shut my behavior down uh, if I start yelling or anything um, back when we first met. But aversive training probably stressed you out a lot. 
Oh, yeah. So I, I had an employer. I don't know if you've gone into this story or not. I'm not. I don't, I don't think we've ever actually gone into the story on the podcast. Um, I had an employer who used aversive techniques. Um, I was not a trainer, but he decided that I should be, which <laughs> I know you're laughing. <laughs> I am laughing. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Um, Go ahead. Can we just say that my dog did real great? At the birthday party the other night with 20-some people. Yes, I do want to throw that. That, that Isabella was a rock star. In the middle of the woods. Uh, Isabella was a rock Dick star Ray. the other okay. night. Yeah, okay. she's really Thank matured. You. Yeah, awesome okay. job. So, anyway, no, I should not be a dog trainer. But all that to say, um, he decided one day that that's what I should do. And uh, I, I quote-unquote, trained exactly one dog because I freaked out. And it was using I was, prong collars, yeah, right? Yeah, because I went home because and cried because I made this dog yelp. Oh, me too. With a prong collar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so not just me. I like I bawled my eyes out and I was like, I can't do this. Cannot, will not do this. And I refused. Uh, I refused to do it. And and that's and that is and that actually brings up a really good point of if your trainer asks you to do anything that makes your gut wrench, then don't do it. Uh, trust your gut instinct. If it makes you feel funky, don't do it. Because uh, that is huge. And that's how I got out of it. I was using a prong collar on a dog. And we were walking and training. And then I took the prong collar off to let the dog have some freedom. And he ran to his back door. And he sat there, all scared, not wanting anything to do with me. And it was that moment I said, I quit. I'm not doing this. I'm not training this way. If this is the way dog training is, I'm not doing it. Uh, I respect I respect the canine too much for that. So, yeah, if, if, if in the gut it doesn't feel right to you or, you know, training, your dog should never be yelping and screaming during training. Seriously. Oh, my God. Did you really go home and cry? Now Gray's back. Did you really go home and, and did you? Like, oh, I didn't go home. Out? I did it right there. You just cried right there? Yeah. Oh, we have such soft hearts here. I don't have a heart, but <laughs> these guys have some soft hearts. I thought I, I thought I was pretty tough, but when you, after I kind of did that and I... I you know, I, I was angry, you know, my dog wouldn't listen to me. So, yeah. I, you know, I pulled up on the collar, stop, no, stop. And I I literally poked, hooked my dog up, walked away. And cried. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that is the thing is, is when you feel that, don't, you don't have to do it. They're, they're, they're real scientific ways. We've been training animals in a positive way for Many, 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 many years. Um, chickens, rabbits, mm -hmm. dolphins, birds, whales, sharks, lions, tigers, bears, oh my. It, it, we don't need to do it with dogs. We, they're smart. Give them the benefit of the doubt that if they're not responding to you, then it's we've not taught it correctly. Okay, If, you're, if your kid doesn't read the book, correctly and get the get an a well did you set your your kid up for success it's your responsibility i'm gonna leave it at that don't be an asshole i just say that just don't be an asshole great thanks for joining me um for my asshole episode and my pleasure <laughs> and Britt even jumped in here and, and had a few things to say uh so that was good um we need to probably i need to probably get another system so that we can have three of us on mics at the same time instead of just two um, I think we can on that. I just don't know how to, I don't really know how to do it. That's not my job. Um, I'm really good at teaching people and cussing on my episodes, cussing on my podcast. <laughs> All right. So don't be a bully. 
Okay, don't let people in your household be a bully. Please don't let your children see you be a bully to an animal because they're learning from you every single day. Um, so please be nice to your dog and do not be using aversive techniques on your dog. There are better ways. Um, trust me, I would not still be in business booking out until October if um, the way I did things didn't work. So we appreciate you guys. Please, every listener, I guarantee you have one person that needs to hear this. Send it, let it go, get it out there. Um, and if you are not a Patreon member and you would like to support the podcast, please feel free to go to patreon.com slash dogspeak um, and check it out. And we would love to have you on there. Um, and of course, we would love to hear from you if you have anything to say, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions, if you have any questions, please just holla. Holla, y'all. All right, I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Thanks, Gray, again. Thank y'all.